It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this is still the month of October. We are on our third of four movies this month, where we are covering horror anthologies. So far, we've reviewed Creepshow from 1980. Is that right? It feels right. Um, Cat's Eye from 1985. And this week, we're going to be talking about Trick or Treat from 2000 and something or other. Um, 2007. And... Before we get into our full review, um, Corey and I like to catch up on how things have been and talk about what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, I believe you've had quite a busy week. I did. A fun week. Our mutual friend was here visiting. So, yeah. Got to show him Idaho things for a few days, and I got to see a couple shows. He got to see one. Um, We went zip lining ate lots of good food um yeah now when you go like you say lots of good food was there like idaho specific types of food like that you you got introduced to brendan or was it just like good food that you could get um well it's local good food so it's like small um local restaurants Ah, okay um we went yeah, we went to, um, and local beers, we went to this place called Sockeye Brewing, Brewery, um, that's actually really close to my house, um, and their beer is all over Idaho, but um, we had dinner there, and then had a couple beers, and then um, we also went to another place that's called Tin Barrel Brewery, mm-hmm. um, that there were only two locations, one here in Boise, and one somewhere in uh Oregon and they sold or something to like Budweiser or one of those big places but they still make their own beers and their food has stayed the same because we've gone there since before they sold a couple years ago um they're still really good yeah and then like a local breakfast eatery that (laughs) I like to go to but it's like kind of communal seating it's like large tables most of the tables are large tables and you just kind of sit wherever you can find a seat so you're oftentimes sitting with other people you don't know which is awkward and i don't really like that but bill really hates it so i don't get to go there and have breakfast that often so i, I took brandon but we got our own table i generally hate that um the uh, local comedy club we have here the improv uh has that kind of seating where it's like usually you end up sitting with other people unless you have at least four in your party um Mm -hmm. and that just makes for and it's really small tables like you could barely call it a table for four like it's a table for two with four chairs around it basically that's how liquid laughs is too bill and i had to sit with a couple when we went to see uh Polly shore thank god all four of us were not eating because yeah if you're not eating it's okay but if you're eating it's like how what is it supposed to sit in my lap like what's going on but i still like um when uh, David and I were in New York for Tribeca, we found a really great ramen place, and it kind of had that type of seating. Like, the tables were a little tighter together than I would prefer. So, like, you were almost on top of the adjacent party, and um, I, I, I can get by it sometimes, but it's definitely not my – like, I'm generally uncomfortable with strangers. Um, yeah. So, like, especially, like, eating and 
some people are so open that you hear conversations you wouldn't want to hear normally because they're just like, I don't care that there's people next to me. I'm just going to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I get what you, I get what Bill's saying is what I'm saying. Um, but it's still, I get why, like, if the food's good, you want to be able to also still go and enjoy, so. Mm. Well, also, I can't really enjoy their food, John, because, I mean, I did not eat like I was supposed to ah. <laughs> while Brendan was here. But, um, you know, I've been doing low-carb, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite thing there is, like, a blue ribbon biscuit, which is, like, a huge-ass biscuit that's, like, both of your hand more bigger than both of your hands put together wow. uh with sausage steamed eggs lots of gravy just everything delicious you could possibly think of See, is on this biscuit the eggs and the sausage you could have had without the biscuit yeah but what fun is that well i um actually <laughs> had a, a similar we had uh i've had a busy week but like it, it kind of is like forgotten like thing and this week is super crazy by the time listeners you are hearing this i will actually already be home but i will be in atlanta for uh four days for a work thing uh we have a uh, conference in in atlanta that we're going to um so i'm like yeah i'm kind of i have a very i kind of slacked today on accident like i i ended up with some free time and didn't think that i should use that free time to pack um and then tomorrow I have like no free time and I'm like now in a little bit of panic mode like I'm not going to sleep for a while tonight because I'm going to pack as soon as I get off this podcast but um you know it's a it's a work thing and luckily I get to go with a good friend um who's a, a co-worker but uh we are both going so it's always fun when that's happening because like you know during the day we'll be at the conference but at night we'll end up playing magic because we're nerds and that's what we do um and so that'll be fun because we'll have like three or four days where we can like kick back and play cards at the end of the night um, oh, nice. And I, I'll probably catch at least one movie. Like, Zombieland 2 comes out this week, but I'm going to be oh, in Atlanta. So and I don't know how close my theaters, the, a theater is going to be to me there. But, um, you know, uh, I will catch that at the worst in the weekend when I get home. But um, our school schedule is weird this week, too, even though I'm not going to be there for most of it, which actually kind of works in my favor. But, um, yeah, last week, I, I can barely even recall at this point. It was... Uh, hectic and i don't even fully remember why um but i did see some movies and uh i think that's where i'm at i'm ready to talk about what i've been watching um you got you want to go first or second this week i'll go first all right let's hear what you got okay um so brendan had us watch a comedy central roast of bruce willis which was pretty damn funny um I started watching How to Become a God in Central Florida. I am currently on episode eight, and there are only episodes nine, not, nine episodes, sorry. Watched two episodes of Nosferatu, watched the newest episode of Creepshow, and I watched a movie that I never would have watched, McGruber. Oh, I've heard that is very funny. It is very funny. Like, I, I remember the funny. sketch on Saturday Night Live. I'm surprised you would you'd say you never would because Kristen Wiig is in it and you are a big yeah, fan. and um, I didn't realize that. I I don't I don't often like gravitate towards comedies. Ah, okay. Well, I it's it's obviously a like a parody of MacGyver, and um, I remember the sketch. Uh, the movie looked dumb to me, and I I had no interest. And then I've heard it was pretty funny. I've heard a lot of people over the last couple of years that I've been really like listening to other critics and whatnot praise that, and I haven't got to it. Um, but uh, Will Forte is the lead, and he's always pretty dang funny. He's usually more of a character actor in the background um, of stuff, but he's always good in the stuff I've seen him in. 
Um, he is on a TV series, though. I don't know if it's still going, but it was The the Last Man on Earth, I think is what it was called, um, mm-hmm. on Fox. That's supposed to be really funny, and it was very... From what I've heard over the years, it, it changed quite a bit throughout the seasons, and um, it, it was supposed to be pretty good. And he, he's had, again, small parts on like How I Met Your Mother. He was uh, Barney's best friend in a few episodes when Ted was like not his friend, um, things like that. It was So I'm, I'm familiar with him, and I, I want to watch it. I just have not made the, a strong enough effort just yet. But um, you've watched quite a bit. Uh, what's that Central Florida show you mentioned? I've not heard of that. Oh, gosh. So I feel like I need to, like, preface this, that I really like a musician named Beth Ditto. She used to be lead singer of The Gossip, um, which we used to play a couple of their songs in FYE. Okay. Um, So I really like her, and I follow her on Instagram, and I knew that she was, like, in it, but I didn't realize how much she was in it. Um, But it has her and um, Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. And How to Become a God in Central Florida, and it takes place in the greater Orlando area in the 80s. I'm not sure what year. I can't remember. Huh. But um, she, Kirsten Dunst like, gets wrapped up in this network marketing pyramid scheme and, you know, just trying to make life work, and it's pretty good. Oh, interesting. Probably doing a bad job describing it, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm intrigued, to say the least. Um, all right, well, I... As far as TV goes, I've not really watched anything. Uh, my wife and daughter are really into RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, oh. And it's on Prime and Hulu, I guess, now. Um, so th- it, go ahead. It, th- doesn't that weird you out, like, when there's so much overlap with your streaming? Like, I find it all the time with Shutter uh, and Amazon Prime and, like, I... I mean, you got to... Th- the studios are just trying to get some money, so the more streaming services they can have... The, uh, the more money they can potentially make. Um, I feel like it used to be like very exclusive, though. You could only watch, you know and, what I mean? Yeah, and it still is with certain movies. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, a lot of the smaller films, especially, get kind of packaged in with uh, bigger titles. So, like when they're negotiating, we want this, they're like, okay, but you have to take mm-hmm. these other movies, and they just all get lumped together. Um, okay. And the services, I guess, just need stuff to offer, right? Like they have to have something. Um, and I guess the more overlap the easier it is to narrow down which to keep i guess um like you basically just decide on which which originals you're most interested in and then you could always bounce around like you can be on prime for now prime's got the lock for me because of the shipping with amazon like that i get two-day shipping and the streaming stuff and it has movies anywhere attached to it so anything i own on movies anywhere is also still built into my prime library that's the one that's currently got me the most um intrigued but like the rest uh you know stranger things season four i might end up back with netflix or something at some point because of that but um you know there's not a whole lot of their other original programming i'm i care about my wife cares a little more about some of it but um i've been basically though like that's on in the background when i'm doing stuff sometimes with my wife like if i'm out in the living room or whatever but usually um if i'm watching something that's not a movie i just throw like magic related content on youtube which there is way too much of um i'll just throw that on because it's easy to like just kind of be aware of but not distract me from what i need to get done <clears throat> but i've watched a few movies um i watched i, I mentioned a uh, netflix documentary a couple weeks ago called haunters the art of the scare um that the guy in it really bugged me but it made the reason i ended up watching that was i was thinking of this other one called the american scream 
that uh, Tyler from Battleship Pretension has raved about over the last several years that I've listened to Battleship Pretension uh, podcast and website. Um, and uh, this is the one that he had initially, initially had talked about and I wanted to watch. So I, I did that um, much better feeling afterwards. It's I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a better movie. I think they're about the same in terms of production. Um, I think American Scream has a much better through line. I think the movie ha- has something it wants to say, and it says it. Um, where I think Haunters, they drop the ball at the end. I don't think he finishes his point. Um, this uh, focuses on one town where they do haunts there, like the you know custom haunts. Three different families. One is definitely the centerpiece of the, the dock, and then the others just give more filler content. But you see them building their houses and, and how much they invest time and money. And you get to really know the people who do it. It's, it's a very personal, candid look at um, the people. I definitely recommend it. Uh, it's part of – I'm counting it as a 31 Days of Horror thing. Even though it's technically not a horror movie, it's about horror content. Um, and so I, I enjoyed both of the docs. Over the, again, Haunter is the main focus of uh, one of the guys bugged me so much. But – uh, I went and saw Ang Lee's new movie uh, with Will, starring Will Smith, uh, Gemini Man. It's not great, but I, I still enjoy it. I like Will Smith. I, I just do. He just is so charismatic, and he tends to win me over um, in almost any role. Like There have been few movies where I didn't enjoy his performance. Um, so I, I was hooked with him, and I also am a big fan of Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead, you know, Ramona Flowers, and Scott Pilgrim. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane and she's I think is really good in this I don't know her characters well written but I think she gives a really good performance and I think her and Will Smith have some pretty good chemistry and they work well together um, so I, I didn't love the movie but I also didn't hate the movie I, I thought it was fine um, some of the action sequences were kind of cool for a movie that's so heavily built around CG though there is some very weak spots in the film mm-hmm. uh, especially around its central conceit that you know there's young Will Smith in the movie Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he looks real bad. Like, it looks real, real bad. Um, and that was shocking because it seemed like, like Disney's demonstrated the uh, the level of that de-aging technology to be pretty consistent. I mean, Sam Jackson looks so young in Captain Marvel. Uh, I really did not expect to have any issues with the visuals, and there were several. So um, that was shocking. Uh, Corey, have you ever seen Event Horizon? Um... It sounds really familiar. It came out in 97. It stars uh, Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, it's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who did uh, the Resident Evil movies. Um, okay. and, and Mortal Kombat. Oh, I didn't realize he did the first Mortal Kombat. That's a movie I still enjoy, even though it, I guess it's bad. But I, I enjoy it. He did... Uh, Whatever. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, especially if you're a fan of the game. It was like the first video game movie that I enjoyed, I think. Um, oh, I, ugh, as a kid, I couldn't get past the Super Mario Brothers campiness, the movie. Hold That's on. Really bad. I need to let you know that you know how old I am. Yes. And Bill made me watch that movie a couple years ago. Oh, it's real bad. It's real bad. It is really bad. But as a kid, I was just happy to have something that I knew. You know what I mean? Like, hey, it's oh, Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Well, but, oh, yeah. uh, but so I watched Event Horizon. It's a movie that I, I, I slept on. Um, I, I, it came into my periphery not long ago. I'm thinking it was Sanchez, uh, who brought it up on a, one of the top five episodes back in the day. Um, and okay. that made me want to watch it. So I'm watching it and I'm talking to him and our, we have a group chat of like, uh, magic friends. And, um, 
I'm like, oh, Event Horizon's real bad, and I upset two of them, uh, <laughs> Mike included. Um, I I did not like it. Uh, I thought it was real bad. Um, and uh, apparently, other critics agree with me. Its highest Metacritic rating was like a 50, and it its I think overall score was like 37 or 22 or something like that. And damn. Um, and then another one tried to throw shade about me liking Fifth Element, as if that was a comparable. Uh, bad movie what? and i had to like well hold up now if you look at the meta scores for that it's like in the 50s average but the highest is like 85 you know there are people who very much appreciate bruce willis in that movie and uh the guy i mean god there's a lot to enjoy about fifth element but i did not get into event horizon it was it's i can see why some people might like it but it's a type of horror that i tend to not get into where it's like it's cheesy but not self-aware that it's cheesy you know what i mean like it's doing really cheesy things but it's not it's taking itself very seriously and that i tend to not click with um like lawrence fishburne at one point is fighting this monster type thing i won't give any spoilers per se but as he's like punching it he like don't mess with my ship like each punch you know like emphasize and it's just like oh this is this is so cheesy um could not get into it I watched Trick or Treat, our movie for the week, and then I literally just got home about half an hour ago from seeing Judy, um, the uh, Judy Garland biopic starring um, Renee Zellweger uh, and a few other people you might know, Rufus Sewell, Finn Whitrock, uh, Michael Gambon, uh, Jesse Buckley, who I'm not familiar with, but I really enjoyed her in this movie. Um, I Renee Zellweger, I've had a long-standing, you know, filmography with I've, I've not seen a lot of her big movies that's not true i've not seen her self-titled big movie i've not seen bridget jones's diary that's the one i think is like sorely lacking on my checklist but you and i are huge fans of empire records even though i think we can both admit that um it may not be the best movie but everything about it works for us yes um i we watched chicago last year when we did the musical month i really loved chicago i was really into that um, I have seen Jerry Maguire, but I really feel like I need to rewatch Jerry Maguire. I saw it when I was Same. too young. Um, but uh, I really loved her in Judy. And I've been kind of, I want to say I'm like a Judy Garland fan, but I've only seen two movies to my knowledge. And that is The Wizard of Oz, which I've seen I, countless times, you know. Um, oh, God, I hate that movie. I think that's insane, but I understand. Um, but then we watched A Star is Born for that same month and um i loved that version of *Stars born i thought judy garland was amazing and i i was really when i was reading about the creation of the film um i was really like caught by her story and this like her life story is so crazy and this uh i like this type of biopic because yeah. it only focuses on really one year of her life um and it does oh. a little bit of flashback into her as judy garland getting ready to be dorothy like in like but it's very little. It's it's minimal amount of that. It's mostly uh, 1968 during this stint of her career. And I, I like biopics like that. I like when they really narrow down and let you just see who they are. And they allude to how she got to this place and um, and sometimes blatantly give you that. And there's there's moments in this film that are like very Hollywood and you know, overly like lines are said that no one would say to her kind of thing. But I, I really, really like the movie. I think there are some slow parts and... I won't lie, I did check my phone a couple of times during some of those slower parts, but her performance and then the overall story of Judy Garland to me is so compelling. Um, 
that I, I found a lot of emotion in the film, a lot of empathy. Um, and I, I, I have a lot of distaste for the studio system, even though some great movies came from that era. The way actors were treated and the way it's portrayed that she was treated as a kid is is horrifying. Um, and I, I mean, I don't think it's even fixed. It's different now uh, in that they're at least not contracted to a single studio in most cases. But I do think uh, the way we, we treat actresses like, you know, with uh, self-esteem and weight and things like that is, is a travesty. And I think the... I didn't realize uh, she was only 47 when she died. Um, and that's that's so young. You know, it's so crazy to think. Like, I'm 37, and I'm hoping to be around much longer than 10 more years, you know? Um, and while I'm not struggling with alcohol or drug addiction, uh, like Judy Garland apparently has struggled with, and not, like, drug addiction like cocaine, like prescription pills and speed, I think, was one of the big things, um, like diet pills, uh but from the pressure to be a certain person. Um, I, I think Renee Zelliger is fantastic. Uh, there are some uh, songs in it that were really good. I I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it looks like some critics are, and it's getting some mixed reviews, but I, I liked it a lot. I definitely think uh, we would... I would be surprised if she's not nominated for Best Actress um, at the Oscars this year. So, um, But I wanted to catch it because I, our theater has it, and that's I didn't think we were going to get it. And so I was like, this is the second small indie film we've got in the last month because we got Peanut Butter Falcon, and now we got Judy. So I'm like, i got to make sure I don't miss it while it's at our theater. So uh, knowing I was going to be out of town the rest of the week and not knowing if it would be there come you know come next weekend, I, uh, I made it. I fit it into my day today. Um, and that's what I've been watching. Nice. So... We are going to get into our review of the week. Uh, I'll get the stats up here for Trick or Treat, um, a movie that I had not seen before, but Corey had, and I didn't realize when I picked it, had it seen it and not liked it. Um, so let's we'll find out if anything has improved from the previous uh, iteration. Oh, I thought you did that on purpose nope. as like some form of torture. I do not generally do that. <laughs> but, um, I'm kidding, I know. Michael Daughtry is our director who has uh, also directed at least one other movie Corey likes. Um, he directed Krampus. Um, I love that movie. Yes, and so do I. Um, he then directed Godzilla, King of Monsters, which I hated. Um, and apparently, he is directing Trick or Treat 2, according to IMDb. It's in what? development. Um, but it says plot unknown, so that could just be in development hell. I don't know if it's actually ever going to happen. But... Um, it's this particular movie uh, is a little different. It's closer in in the vein of anthology to Cat's Eye than it is to Creepshow. Creepshow is you know very distinctive um, short films that are loosely framed together as a co- cohesive collection of comic book stories uh, with the framing device at the beginning and end of the movie. But otherwise, we don't go back to that kid and, the, and his dad until the end. Um, where Cat's Eye, the cat weaves everything together, but uh, Drew Barrymore's character appears as like a force spirit um, and is like Obi-Wan Kenobi you're our only hope kind of thing and uh, that ties in the movie collectively a little more like there's not a there is a distinctive start and stop but um, the cat kind of gives you that connective tissue where Trick or Treat is not like that um, it is uh, what like five shorts I guess but uh they're they're woven together much more loosely um than or that's 
that doesn't sound right. They're much more tight. I guess they're tighter. Well, oh boy, I've stumbled into a world of not knowing how to speak. Um, we'll pause that, cut it, rewind, and we'll try again. So, in other words, they there isn't a clear start and stop for each of the shorts. They kind of weave in together, and there is a connectivity that is part of like a big narrative. But each story is independent of itself. Um, so it's very different than some of the other anthologies. Like uh, one that I would have loved to do this month, but both of us had seen was Ghost Stories um, that came out last year, which I absolutely loved. And while that one is, uh, again, there's a tight narrative framework where it weaves in the short stories as like flashbacks from interviews. Once those stories start, you know this is a different moment, right? It's like this is a different movie for now. And that's how Creepshow felt, and that's mostly how Cat's Eye felt. This felt much more cohesive as an anthology, which is not a complaint, but I was like, oh, this is almost not the same thing um, because the way the short stories are all happening within the same like realm and are almost uh, in some ways connected to each other by a series of various events that I don't want to get into without spoiling things. But um, even in the plot synopsis, it does say five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. Uh, the movie stars Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, Dylan Baker, Rochelle Aitz, um, Quinn Lord, Lauren Lee Smith, uh, Monica Delane, Tom, oh boy, I'm going to get into bad name pronunciation here. Um, that, that seems like enough. I don't know all these people. Um, Leslie Bibb is familiar, though. She's, I think, the, one of the sisters. Um, yeah. Well, I um, can't remember their names in my computer. It's not wanting to let me bring up imdb right now but um i was pretty humored that i didn't realize the first time that i watched it because it had been so long since i had watched dead like me but reggie from dead like me the little sister is in oh, this she's dressed as the oh. halloween angel okay no i thought she was and then oh and then dolores herbig from uh dead like me she plays the boss george's boss in it she answers the door to her oh so i thought that was kind of funny and i'm pretty sure so i liked true blood all the seasons were not good but i was a fan um the guy who played lafayette nelson ellis i believe i'm pretty sure that he was an extra in one of the shorts and he's just like laying there he doesn't like interact or anything at all but um i couldn't find it like in his credits or in the credits of this movie and i didn't really get a chance to google but it was kind of fun just seeing those people pop up well yeah anna paquin's in true blood so it could make maybe <clears throat> she brought him in or something um, Word. or the other way around. i don't know maybe she met them there i don't know which is first to be honest um but uh so listeners if you're new to the show we start with just our general thoughts on the movie before we get into spoilers, and we will give a very thorough spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen Trick or Treat and don't want the film spoiled, uh, we will give you a moment to check out, uh, so to speak. In the meantime, let's just get our overall review. Since I've never seen it, I will go first, and then Corey will hear if this movie was able to change your mind. Um, I overall uh, found this film to be entertaining. Um I don't think it's as uh, innovative or as compelling as Creepshow or Cat's Eye, but I also found it uh, to be good. I, I liked it. Um, I 
I definitely like certain elements more than others. Um, I do like Brian Cox in general. Um, I was bothered by some of the uh, the scenes more than others. And the one kid, um, we were talking about all these different... I feel like one of the kids is from Bad Santa. Um, I've not fact-checked that, but it, I'm pretty sure that's the kid from, from Bad Santa that is in the, uh, the short with his principal. Um, okay. The kid that's, like, knocking over the pumpkins when we first meet him. I feel confident that's the kid from Bad Santa. If not, it looks just like the kid from Bad Santa. Or... To be fair, I've only seen Bad Santa once. Didn't love it. So I maybe have completely blacked out what that kid looks like and I'm just projecting. But um, I uh, I had no real complaints with the film. I thought that I really liked the character design of the cover character whose name is... It's Sam, I think, but I don't know that it ever says that in the movie. Um, so I'm pretty sure he is Sam. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, though. Like, I, Are we just calling him Sam after the fact? Because I don't remember anything that indicated his name was Sam during the film, but um, I uh, I liked I like his character design a lot. Like, and it's um, you see, he looks like he's wearing like a potato sack over his head, almost right. Like that kind of um, what's that material called, Corey? Burlap. Burlap, like a burlap sack over his head. Um, and he's got a big, un, you know, head, and he's got like footy pajamas on. It's a scary-looking little costume. And then once he reveals his nature, he becomes scarier, I think. Um, and like they have him this year at Spirit of Halloween, they have like a little statue of him. So maybe all the yeah. more likely Trick or Treat Two is happening. Um, so I, I'm just kind of looking at the plot synopsis on IMDb because it, it helps with these to like keep track. I didn't do a good job of like noting which one was which as far as like um because again there isn't like a start and stop for the stories because we kind of introduce certain characters and then we come back to them and we go away from them and then we come back to them uh, in a more traditional ensemble film um than than the other two anthologies we've watched so far and from what i'm hearing with this the last one we're going to be watching next week that one has a more traditional like start and stop and is the only one uh, this month that has different directors for each short because that's the one thing that um, I didn't realize when we picked the movies that we picked but each one has only one director uh, with the exception of Nightmare Cinema which we'll be watching next week um, but so I, I like Trick or Treat uh, I, I don't think I think it's of the three we've watched I think it's my third favorite um, I think I, I kind of feel like Cat's Eye might have edged Creepshow out uh, to be honest um, for me but um I think maybe because there was only three, you know, because this is five and Creepshow's five and one or two of the five are not always that good where I, maybe three is like more reasonable to, to knock him out of the park because I think Ghost Stories is also three and I like all three of the, the anthology and Ghost Stories. Um, but I like that whole movie. I want to actually rewatch that. I might have to cram that in this week. Um, what This is second viewing for you, right? For Trick or Treat? Yeah. So, on the second viewing, did it do a better job of winning you over? Yeah, I liked it much better than I liked it the first time. I pretty much agree with everything that you said, though. I Something that I love about anthologies is that they're short stories, and if they, like, somehow weave them together like the cat with Cat's Eye, that's fine. That works for me. I think it's interesting. And I understand wanting to have, like, unifying, you know, whatever... Mm -hmm like making it cohesive but i kind of wish that this did the same like i don't like that 
they're all kind of interwoven. I guess that would be, you know, the, you know, biggest detriment to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think they do a good job with that, though, but it mm-hmm. does feel... I mean, it is still in the same town, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I just, I think that they're, that being able to write a good short story and have it tie up neatly at the end is just an underappreciated art form coming from someone who's not a writer but someone who loves to read them i just think that you know but yeah i liked it much better this time than last time i don't know what was wrong with me or what was going on or what kind of mood i was in the first time i watched it but i effing hated it with all of my guts and this time i was like okay cool not so bad did you see it like when it first came out Uh, uh -uh. probably I feel like it was once we moved into this house, I feel like, yeah, so probably within the last two, two and a half years, maybe, and I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like. Wow, that's... And I don't know what made... You know, I think I watched it because so many people love it, and I guess, I mean, I could have definitely been going in just expecting to be blown away, and then... Yeah. No. See, and I felt, um... I... I heard good things, but I, I, I never felt like I heard people, like, raving about it. It's not a movie that people constantly like suggested to me bitches love this shit and it there's some cool stuff to it for sure i i think there's some really interesting things i think there's some cool twists uh that i didn't necessarily foresee coming yeah uh, and uh i i like there's actually several twists um now that i think back on it, it there's some really cool stuff um again i don't think it's necessarily like some of it's very dark, uh, and maybe that's there's like the, the I mentioned the principal already, and the whole principal sequence was good, but it was like uncomfortably dark, and then maybe because I'm a teacher, so like stuff like that, I'm like I don't I don't like any of this, uh, and I don't know that we're supposed to like it either. You know what I mean? I don't think that's the goal of most horror films. We're not supposed to like root on the horror stuff that's going on, um, but it does explore some dark things, and I think that's valuable i think you know what if is always a fun and scary thing to play sometimes and i think that the movie does a good job with that and i i i definitely like it and i could i could see rewatching this i don't know that i would like seek out rewatching this but i would definitely uh be willing to put it on the one thing i like about like creep show is the ability to just put the one on that you want to watch um mm-hmm. like in this you can't do that you're i mean you can there's a couple that definitely we lock in on but there's i think two of them are cut up in pieces throughout the the movie more than others. Um, uh, well, uh, I think it, it's probably best we get into spoilers so we can talk plot and whatnot. So, uh, Corey, guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail, Trick or Treats, and I totally forget the title whenever <laughs> start saying that. But anyways, you've been warned. <laughs> yeah, and so the movie um, starts at the end, and you don't necessarily know that right away. Um, the movie jumps around with time it plays with time and that can be frustrating um but it's if there's always some like cross between characters like you'll see a character here and that character will suddenly be in another character's story later on sam being the big unifying factor in that he's in i think every one of the shorts at some point or he crosses paths with every other story to some degree um and that works um 
so the movie opens with Emma and her Halloween loving husband Henry return home from a celebratory night um, they're both drunk and there's some funny little banter I, I enjoyed the whole banter um, she sends him inside um, to I guess get ready for them to have sex and he's gonna put a porn on which that's one complaint this movie does uh, like lean into the sexuality a bit much um, it doesn't like you see the a shot of the porn on the TV but there's no I don't think any of the characters get naked but there's a lot of like sexuality none, well none of the like main characters but definitely some you know yeah um and so it's not like a lot of it but it's definitely there and it it, it feels icky I guess when it's on the screen, like, it feels a little exploitative, like, oh, yeah, it's, you like horror movies, huh? Like, oh. It's, and, like, not, like, sometimes it can be, like, natural and not forced and stuff, but even with, like, that porn shot of the boobs, like, what, yeah. what did we, what was that doing? We already knew he was going to put on a porn. Yeah, and, and there was no reason to just throw it on the screen. Even, like, even if there was going to have sex, like, I don't it doesn't play into any of the horror except there's a little bit of humor because he like passes out and he wakes up and then um she gets attacked and this is all that happens at the right beginning he uh we don't see that it's sam but it's very clear that it's sam like to me uh, like knowing that sam is such an iconic character i was i was a, very aware that that had to be sam um but it's a cool like i like how the the scene plays out and then he takes the um the, the ghost off and she's under the sheet um you know killed and it's 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 scary and it works it's a good opening um and then um we see this kid charlie uh man even on wikipedia they describe him as obese um that seems unnecessary uh an obese vandal who smacks smashes jack-o-lanterns he's smashing and we see him he goes to like take all the candy off of a porch and that's when he gets caught by his principal who is a d-bag and we end up finding out that he poisoned the candy yeah and did he just know that that kid was going to steal it all or he didn't care what kid got it that's one of the questions that i have right like what was the plan and then the kids puking is so gross it's like wait it too looks much. like feces but i'm yeah. pretty sure it's just chocolate it's just um chocolate and blood yeah. everywhere very gross um yeah well i kind of think that that I kind of like how this one ends, though, um, because I forgot how it ended, you know, where he's uh, he has this like tarp covered hole in the backyard and he thinks his neighbor sees him like there and this kid in there and his kid who looks like he might be like six or seven. I'm very bad with children ages um, is asking to go in and carve the jack-o'-lantern and that he really needs help with the eyes. Yeah. And then we find out that they're carving two heads. <laughs> like human heads that they chopped yeah. he chopped off the bodies. Yeah, and uh, like I thought he stabbed the kid in the head. And then no, he yeah. like stabbed this head in like the jack-o'-lantern. It's that the kid's in on the murder is pretty scary. Like it's pretty creepy. Um, it's twisted. And then that the neighbor is Brian Cox and that when it, when he first popped up I'm like, "Wow, that's all he is." And then he comes back into play later on, which I thought was really cool and how you, you see the flip side of what happens in that sequence, um, I think is really cool. And we'll get into that momentarily. Uh, we follow these trick or treaters, um, who the, uh, the, the principal interacted with for a second cause they went to his house. Um, that the whole story of the bus and the, like 
that the, the they were like the special needs kids and they're all wearing masks and the parents paid the bus driver to take care of them and he goes to throw them off a cliff um in the bus but the one of the kids had broke free of the chains and rides him off the cliff too but then we're told the bus driver survives but no one ever gets what happened to him um and then the it's all a a prank to get Rhonda. and i think it's um i think that plays out really well because at first i thought they were gonna like be in trouble because it looked like they killed her because she trips and falls and hits her head on a rock but she comes too and then the the actual zombies of the kids show up and start attacking and she just leaves them and it's really cold-blooded but i also like good for you Rhonda. like don't they would have done the same to her i love how she like holds the key and then pushes the button you know what i mean like she's like here you go nope too bad for you um i really like that one actually I, i thought that one played out really well um it was creepy the story it kind of reminded me of like are you afraid of the dark type like storytelling yeah and why does this like part of the story sound so familiar to me I don't even want to say it because I feel like I'm wrong because it's been so long, but mm. Mm. it was reminding me of like that. Oh my God. Who's Ernest scared? Oh, stupid. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It was reminding me of that a lot for some reason. Now the one that I, f- maybe in my brain is wrong, but I'm looking at this here and Lori, which is the Anna Paquin character, um, a self-conscious young woman arrives in town with her sister and the, we were we introduced to them as they're like trying on Halloween costumes and again that sexuality being over the top um, but this one like is cut up the most like it's in a lot of little pieces where we keep leaving and coming back to the story am I right? Yeah. Yeah okay totally agree um, it seemed like it was much longer but I do feel like it was just because we kept leaving and coming back yeah because I think we meet it right after i feel like we meet her before we meet the trick-or-treaters or something i i swear we this is cut like wikipedia yeah. just has them broken down into the the different stories the I'm like, i don't think that's how it played out in the narrative i feel like we we meet them in, in the dressing room she uh the her sister um danielle is very forward and, and in, like invites the guy to the party and then we we are gone from them for a while like we're not with them for a bit and then we come back to them and the sister is at the party and we see them and she's talking to Lori and Lori's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And then there's, um, just be yourself. Yeah. And then we're alluded to what I thought was going to be another one of the shorts, which was like a vampire short, the guy with the mask. And we see him like bite a girl and then she just kind of dies, but no one knows that it's like happening. Um, but it's never his story. He was a part of this story, but you don't know that until later. Uh, which I thought was kind of interesting too, because like I thought we were getting one, and it was like, wow, that was really short. But no, it's a part of a bigger uh, narrative, um, because he attacks Lori, and I think that's I think, oh, okay, this is how it merges, and then the twist, uh, he attacks her, and I don't know if he was supposed to actually be a vampire, or not. He I, took his teeth out. They took his teeth out. But because they were fake, or because they were falling out, because he bit a lichen. Oh, they looked like they were fake. It looked like that's what I thought Halloween too. Teeth. But he did actually bite somebody, and he seemed sick because he bit her blood. Because she's, they're like, "What happened to him?" And he, he bit me, and 
I don't know a lot about vampires and lichens. I know I've seen the first Underworld movie, uh, but I don't think oh God, that I've seen them all. I, I don't think that they're supposed to bite the werewolves, right? Like it's bad for them. Yeah. So maybe that's what we're supposed to take. I don't know for sure, but they end up being werewolves. It's really cool. I like the whole transformation. I've never seen a werewolf transformation where they rip the human skin off of themselves. Yeah, I was like, what is happening here? Because it looks like she's unzipping mm -hmm. something from her back. I thought that was a cool way to. Yeah, and it's it's overly sexualized at first, but then it becomes the werewolf thing. Oh, that's right. There is nudity there, though. I totally blanked on that part. Um, because they are a couple, not the the main stars, but the some of the extras in like that sequence. Periphery, yeah. Yeah, and well, and that... they they linger on it for a, a bit now that I think about it. But I had, I had blocked it out because I was so I was like oh, the transformation so cool. Like I wasn't thinking about any of the nudity in the scene. I just thought, man, because like when you think of werewolf movie transformations, like if you look at the Wolfman, the original like Universal Pictures, it's uncontrollable to them. Well, true, but I'm just talking about like in terms of film production, like the way we've depicted the transformations. Um, sometimes it's very painful. My favorite, and I think most people who <laughs> is the American Werewolf in, Paris, uh, in London. Oh yeah, the best werewolf transformation ever. It's so brutal. It's so visceral. Uh, you see the pain and the fragments and um, like the hairs. It, yeah, when you watch like um, the the Wolfman, the Universal Pictures, it's just a cross dissolve with like new makeup on. So it's like here's stage one, stage two, stage three, and it just like dissolves and it it gradually changes. And then when you compare it to like American Werewolf in London and then this movie too though, where it's like painful and it's uh this one seems uh, maybe a little less painful. Um because it, it's like it's the uh, it's the inverse. It's instead of the wolf taking over, it's like they're shedding their fake human form, you know, like that the wolf is their natural being and now they're just shedding off the skin and i thought that was kind of a cool flip i've never seen it portrayed that way before and i like that um it, well because they in well this is the only time that i can like remember that they seem to kind of be in control of it uh yeah true like it wasn't they're, like, like removing their skin it wasn't and and like they chose to transform it seemed it wasn't because like the moon showed up or something the full moon, yeah um yeah and they don't get into this the movie and i think this is true of most shorts um they, they allude to a bigger lore but we don't get to dive into the bigger lore we're left with just the impressions that we get and our own interpretations which is one of the things i think i like about shorts um especially with horror they don't get they don't have time to get hung up on all the backstory and all the like the little details that probably don't make it better that just make it more monotonous um, a great example is watch John Carpenter's Halloween and then watch Rob Zombie's take on John Carpenter's Halloween and look at all the excess that Zombie puts in, all these uh, details and these long scenes of psycho like psychology that nobody needed. That's not what we were into. Um, sometimes if it's too on the nose, it, it takes away from the mythos. And uh, I think that's a benefit with shorts. Is like We don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Apparently they do this every year. So maybe they only turn on Halloween. You know, like maybe this is the only time they get to turn, and maybe they have to to feast in order to turn. Like, there's no real clarification, but it's fine. I enjoyed it. I, I like to speculate. You know, and Sam is mm -hmm. there again. Um, all right. So during the time Wilkins is harvesting Charlie, uh, Creek scares away children to steal their candy. Oh, is that why he's? I didn't realize that was the whole point. Um. So yeah, so the kids uh, 
the kids run away from the dog, which I thought was really cool, like visual. He's got the little lights on his his head or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and a wig or something on his head because the guy takes it off when he comes back in. Yeah, yeah, and then Sam breaks into his house, uh, decorating it with Halloween stuff, um, and Sam torments him. He like cuts him with a like a chocolate bar box cutter. Um, you know, Sam's you weapons of choice Sam are all candy. Uh, yeah, he Sam appears to be this vengeful halloween spirit like uh, the wikipedia article says he enforces the rules of halloween but um i you know it's not like again it's a short so it's not stated but he does seem to be fixated on like the spirit of halloween almost like uh the ghost well, for Cri- christmas present past and future in uh, christmas carol you have that kind of vibe like sam's here like if you play by the rules i'll let you live but if you mess around or if you diss my my holiday like taking the decorations down before yeah. the the day's over, um, it when he gets his mask ripped off, it did remind me of Pumpkinhead. I feel like I wish that wouldn't have happened because I think that he's more creepy us not knowing, and hmm. if anyone knows me, I think that children in horror movies are like the scariest. I just think that, bleh. um. You know, and I was just imagining him as a dead small child. Um, and then you get that pumpkin head. Yeah, which I still like the pumpkin head, but I agree. I think I think the uh, the burlap That's sack true. and not knowing is better. But I didn't – I wasn't disappointed by the creepiness. And especially because you see him get, like, shot and he, like, pumpkin seeds come out, implying he is just, like, a walking <laughs> pumpkin. Um, yeah. So I kind of like that whole thing. Fair, okay. Um, but uh, – when he goes to stab him with the the lollipop that he's bitten into like a weapon um and he gets the chocolate bar and then he's like okay that's good enough um even though Krieg did not like that chocolate bar apparently sam's not as picky <laughs> um and then we see uh the f- the photographs in the fireplace and we it's revealed that Krieg was the bus driver who was supposed to take the kids off the cliff so he's always been kind of an evil man why he is a hermit um and why he still you know kind of lives in this isolated position maybe because of the guilt but also maybe because he's being punished like for his wrongdoings um and then he's giving out candy to children we see like kind of the resolution we see the uh the scene from the beginning of the movie play out as it across the street is um then we see Rhonda pushing a uh, shopping cart that has pumpkins in it um billy's handing out treats to kids and enjoying himself uh laurie's dropped off by her sisters um and then Sam is just standing there. And the last thing we get is justice for the kids on the bus. They show up uh, to get Krieg and, you know, payback for, you know, them being killed. So you got to kind of enjoy the, like, the little twist on the ending. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was definitely entertaining. Um I, I could definitely see watching again i do I, I i feel like the sam scene would be my favorite one and you can jump right into that one um that one's the most fun to me like the principal one is is well acted i think it's uh it's creepy um it's got humor but it's so dark that i i, I didn't i don't know i was like i don't really like this because it's like you know i don't want to I don't like the idea of, like, educators wanting to kill kids. Like, I don't like that. Um, it bugs me. So, again, uh, 2007, while not, I wish that was completely free of the, the nightmares that we live in now, it still 
uh, at this point, you know, any type of like students and death always bugs me. So it's hard to get past that. And that's again, that's a personal thing. Not necessarily the movie's fault, just something that doesn't, it's not going to vibe well with me as a result. So, um, all right. A- anything else to add before we give our ratings? Uh, no, I'm glad I gave it a second chance, but I don't think it would def- necessarily make its way into my regular viewing. Well, um, yeah, I don't know that it'll be like my annual go to or anything like that, but I am, um, I'm glad you ended up not hating it because I, I definitely was not trying. To... I know. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I did not realize that. So I was like, oh, crap. I am very glad uh, that you ended up liking it the second time. And, hey, sometimes that works out, right? Like giving a movie a second chance, again, because sometimes it's the mood you're in when you watch it or it's your own expectations. To be fair, we both went into Suspiria and uh, Phantasm with this hype of it being this iconic horror film. Maybe that was unfair for those movies. I'm not saying I'm about to rewatch those. Uh, and no. I've, I've seen the new Suspiria. Didn't love that one either. So, um, although I felt like it was a little more, I, I think, narratively trying to do something that, that the other one doesn't try to do. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Um, I didn't like either, really. But um, I, I would say for Trick or Treat uh, that I'm going to go with, I think I'm gonna go not quite golden. Um, just above decent watch though, like just there. I don't think it's must see, but I think it's very good. And I think it's a good showcase of like a lot of the the tones in this movie that show up in the in Krampus. You know, the horror and comedy meshed really well together with a better overall cast. No offense to the cast in Trick or Treat, I think they do a really good job, but some of the actors are definitely lesser known or it's their beginnings, uh, with the exception of Brian Cox. Brian Cox is like a staple, but. Um, you know, I think you see some of the the tone in this movie show up in Krampus, um, just better executed, and uh, I I really enjoy Krampus. I think Krampus is a lot of fun. Oh my god, it is so fun! I'm gonna go with the decent watch, closer to not golden, not quite golden Pony Boy than a total waste of time. Not a total waste of time. Yeah, and I think that is very very fair, especially a movie that you went in uh, to hating. So I'm, that's a big upgrade. So I'm glad that that worked out. Um, and that I didn't ruin your week by making you watch a movie you didn't enjoy. <laughs> yes. Um, next week, listeners, we are jumping into Nightmare Cinema. Um, this is a 2018 horror anthology. Uh, five strangers converge at a haunted movie theater owned by the projectionist, played by Mickey Rourke. Once inside, the audience members witness a series of screenings uh, showing them their deepest fears and darkest secrets over five tales. So there is that rap. Um, this is the only one. We have five directors. We have Alejandro Burgis. Uh, it might be Bur- Oh, man, I probably screwed that up bad. Joe Dante, Mick Garris, uh, Ryu Kitamaro, and David Slade. And one of them, I don't remember which one. I think it's Ryu Kitamaro directs the uh, a short and then the wraparound that puts everything together. Uh, Mickey Rourke is the big name on this um, film. Richard Chamberlain, Adam Godley, Orson Chaplin, Eric Nelson, Kevin Fontaine, I think, Maurice Bernard, uh, Tangi Ambrose, Belinda Belaski, Lucas Barker. Um, it looks like we're getting into smaller names, and none of those names were super big to begin with. Um, so not a, like a lot of stars in this one. Um, still a lot of a big cast though. So there's going to be a lot of different faces in this movie. 
uh, it has currently a 60 on Metacritic, um, but a high high of 90 from Film Threat um, and a low of 25 from The Observer, um, and then random scores in between. Uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna how we're gonna feel about this one, Corey, but um, it comes recommended from Big Tuna, and hopefully it was not a trick. Um, you know, I, I'm excited about this. I like the idea that it's tied to a movie theater. That always uh, works for me. I like movie-related movies. It, um, like, the idea of it kind of reminds me of uh, Theater Bazaar, I think is what it's called, which is also an anthology, a horror anthology that came out maybe four or five years ago. I've only seen it once. But... Well, this one... Um... Oh, so sorry listeners uh if you want to watch it with us um you will have to most likely rent it i don't believe it's streaming free anywhere but you can rent it on vod or you can buy it on blu-ray um i've seen it popping up on some other critics things it's something some people are aware of uh so if you're wanting to check it out we encourage it um we'd love to hear your thoughts you can reach out to us on social media i am at burke reviews and Corey. at Corey r star two r's on the end and uh, you can reach out on Anchor.fm, and that is our, our uh, podcast host. Um, you can actually use the app to call into our show and leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Maybe we put them into our podcast. Um, that is it for this week. If you like what we're doing, we ask that you take a moment on your uh, podcast listener provider to rate and review us. It helps other listeners find our show. And until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.